unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. Hey, what's up, Kick-Ass Nation? It's I, your No Excuses Coach, back for another episode of Raw and Unscripted with yours truly, Christopher Roush, the place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of most ages, hey, welcome to another Tuesday night of my show where we sit here and we get deep and we have fun and we get into the places where we can actually get you to motivate yourself. We get you to take responsibility for yourself. We get you to thrive. We get you to not only thrive, but even succeed in more areas than you've ever succeeded before in your life. Yes. How are you guys doing? Ladies and gentlemen, let's see who's here already in the comments. It's great to see you tonight. This is a live show. Teresa Turner. What's up, Teresa? You are fucking amazing. I love you. Cindy, what's up, Cindy? My day has been great. It's been challenging. I went to the dentist. I had a couple of cavities filled. It's amazing. I'm 50 years old and I got cavities. It's like, what the hell is that? Bad brushing technique. I don't know what it is. Anyways, you guys didn't tune in to hear about my dentist things. But anyways, hope you all are having a great ass evening. And tonight, it's my special privilege to have a great guest for you tonight. As I always do, bringing great guests or either do a solo show. It's always my intention that seriously, when you guys watch these shows, that you walk away with something that you can apply in your life, right? And I know you guys watch these and I know you that you take these tidbits and you know you send me comments on them and I really, really appreciate it. Uh, but tonight's show is going to be extra special. I have a good friend of mine on here, a brother from another mother, uh, a newly published author, ladies and gentlemen, The Adventure of Purpose. My buddy Travis Barton is going to be my guest here tonight. And uh, I just got to tell you a little bit about him. He is such a great dude. I mean, when you talk about somebody like me who walks my walk, I mean, I know a lot of you guys always, uh, at least I got teeth, um, <laughs> at least you know, when you meet people that walk their talk like me, I get a lot of people saying, man, you're real, you're honest, you're just, you're who you are, warts and all. Um, and that's what Travis is. Travis is an amazing dude. I've known him for many, many years now. And now he's a fellow uh, coach and a fellow uh, inspirer in the personal motivational space and is a recent published author. And we're going to be talking about his book tonight. But he's just such a great cat. And I really want you guys to connect with him. And I think many of you might already know who he is. Um, but it's just my privilege and my honor to bring and welcome to the show not only mr travis barton what's up brother hey man can we just take a minute and talk about your epic intro i hadn't seen that before that just got me pumped <laughs> my epic intro uh, yes what do you want to talk intro about to your show the heavy metal and the just cut, cut it out with the crap man we're gonna get you going man i'm fired up over here <laughs> awesome awesome man well when thank I think you so of much kick ass, that's what i think of awesome awesome stuff <laughs> hell yeah brother how are you doing Living the dream, buddy. Living the dream. Hanging Living out, dream. having a good day. Yeah, man, definitely. How are you? You're looking tan. You're looking gorgeous. Been out in the sun quite a bit. It's been an epic summer, to say the least. So I know, yeah, me too. Definitely. You can't see it in my face, but I'm like really tan. I mean, you can't even see it on camera, but you are like, you probably super tan. Super really? Tan. Good. I don't even realize it, man. So good. <laughs> I know. I was like, I because I've been out of the corporate job now since November and we have a pool. So take Jackson swimming two or three times a week. And I'm just like, I feel guilty. I'm like, I'm in really good shape and I'm tan and I'm like, I'm happy. I'm not in the corporate world anymore. I'm coaching and I'm having my oh, yeah. great shows with you on here. So no, life is great. I mean, my son's awesome. We're healthy. You know, everything during this COVID time has been nothing but a blessing. How's that? How's the COVID time been for you? Not a lot's changed. I think, you know, it's been a distance for the most part. And, uh, it's been pretty, uh, you know, working from home and working from your computer. It's, uh, 
you know, not, not a lot's changed in that regard. Uh, in the beginning, definitely in the first few months, keeping our distance from most people and, you know, still going out wearing the mask. I mean, so kind of things have changed that, in that way. But uh, other than that, man, it's been, you know, pretty, pretty great summer. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Teresa says, welcome, Travis. And Hi, Teresa. Uh, Teresa says, that. thank you, Christopher. Love you. Yes, love you too, sweetheart. Cindy says, hello, Travis. What's up? And then, of course, we got, at least you got teeth. Yes. <laughs> I have spent, I was talking to my dentist today. This is no joke. I've been going to the same dentist since I was 17 years old. And as you know, I was homeless. So when I was homeless, my mom didn't make me brush my teeth. So I had a shitload of cavities and problems. So I've had multiple root canals, implants, and I was getting a cavity filled today. And I realized I did the math. I'm like, I've been coming to this dentist for 34 years. That just blew my mind. It was like, holy crap, been coming there for 34 years. It's amazing. So I've spent a lot of money on my teeth, Cindy. So is, is, is she is she looking at you and saying, 34 years, I've known how you've grown. I'm pr proud of you. This is amazing. Everything you've done. Or uh, I mean, 34 years is a long time to know a dentist. Uh-huh. What's well, older than you are, right? How old are you now? Uh, well, it's just a year younger than I am. So I'm 35. Thank you very much. I'm not quite that. Uh, that I've been going to the dentist when you were a baby. When you were a little kid. Oh, cute. That's right. Same yeah. dentist, man. Same dentist. Oh. It's crazy. It's wild. He's He's awesome. He's awesome. He actually came to my first wedding. He gave me a root or he gave me a crown for my wedding present because it was like 600 bucks and I couldn't afford it. You know, it was like, I was, I was 18 years old getting married and yeah, we've, we've known each other for that long. No, he loves me. He's, he's such an awesome dude. He, he does such a good job on my teeth. He's like, I know you're out in front of people all the time. So I want to make sure you have the best smile. And I'm like, thank you so much. Because, you know, if you would have seen me before Travis, I had used to have these huge fangs and my teeth were all jacked up. So I never smiled. I hardly ever smiled and showed my teeth yeah. because I did. I had these huge, like, bangs it was just like ugh. so yeah anyways we're not here to talk about my teeth we're here to talk about the fact that you are a published author ladies and gentlemen in the house dude how'd you become a published author tell us your story what's your journey why oh, why man. did you why did you pick adventure on purpose are you an adventure guy or what um every time somebody says to me and i'm on one of these and they say you're a uh, you know published author in the house i'm going oh my god i gotta pinch myself it's like yeah i'm a published author that's pretty cool so uh uh, no transparency. Uh, I think that's still pretty badass. Uh, so I think that's cool. Um, it's a long journey getting that book published. I had an idea. It was a simple seed. And I, um, I, I just, I literally, you know, start, started writing one day and I, I finished the, the book in the course of about a couple of years. I really took my time with it. And, um, I think I was interviewing somebody else on my podcast and we're a published author and they, they said their publisher was looking for that kind of a book. And I said, hell yeah. Okay. I sent, sent them over my stuff. Um, I had some people back it and, uh, the rest is kind of history, man. Just, uh, it just started with a single kind of, um, idea. I didn't overthink it. I didn't think I wanted to ever get it published. I just, you know, said, I'm just going to write and see what the next step is. And then once the next step came, I did that. And, uh, I don't overthink it. I just kind of led with my heart and I, and I went from there, man. So, uh, here, here I am, I think four, four and a half years later, I'm the thing's published. And, uh, I, if I were to say that, see where I'm at four and a half years ago, just starting the damn thing, I would have been no way. So it's, it's pretty cool. And people seem to like it too, which is neat. Cause I only wrote it for myself and to kind of get my stuff out there and, uh, you know, you know, so it's pretty cool. That's awesome. How, is, how has anything changed for you since you published it? Cause I know, you know, you and I talked before and there was a little bit of a delay in getting it published. What has it been like for you? Because my book is sitting, my book is sitting right here, not done. 
Well, I mean, it's completely done, but it's not published because yeah. I'm an, I'm a perfectionist. But what has life been like to be able to say that you're a published author? Has, has, has the receptivity from your friends or from clients and everything been differently? Yeah. Does it added um, emphasis to your to your um, repertoire? Uh, so let's go back. You have a book and it's not published because you're a perfectionist, right? Uh, you're a rock oh, yeah. and roll fan, like my, like myself, right? Okay, so you're a Boston fan, maybe Guns N' Roses, guys, guys like that. They, you know, they ten years to put out Chinese Democracy, and then ten years to put out like Boston's third stage album. It's too long. I mean, that's mm -hmm. perfectionism in play, and it just doesn't need to be that long, right? Some of the best records come out when you're kind of under under the deadline. Uh, so you know, just a little, little something to kind of yeah. Uh, for me, not much. You know, it's just, it's kind of, it's something that I kind of send out people that I think need it or, 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 or could use it. And um, it's just been kind of, um, I don't know. I, I, I see it in my bookshelf every day when I go walk by it and it's just kind of cool. And I, I just, I, uh, you know, it's just kind of neat to be a published author. And it's, it's just, it's interesting having my clients read it before I start working with them too. Most of my clients that I'm signing now are, are reading the book now, which is uh, really neat because they're kind of getting a taste of my world which right. is a little interesting because usually I'm the one kind of asking the questions as a coach. Um, so they kind of, they, they know a lot more about me now, which is uh, uh, pretty interesting and uh, I guess pretty insightful for them as well. So they kind of know who they're kind of uh, getting to work with uh, before we start working together, which is pretty neat actually. Nice. Nice. I love, I love the fact the way you constructed the book as, uh, as, as stories you, you, you tell, you tell the story of motivation and inspiration through your own stories and your own adventures. Talk to us a little bit about that and choosing some of those stories and just kind of going with that motif. I love the way it flows. It, it sounds very conversational it, because I know you, I know that it feels like I'm talking to you. Talk to us a little bit about formatting it that way. So it was definitely inspired by uh, world travel. Obviously, if, if you read the book, you can tell it's, uh, you know, so many of my in insights in life have come through, uh, uh, traveling as many people who who um, travel the world can kind of they kind of rediscover themselves or discover them, themselves and their new insights about themselves traveling uh i'm not new in in having the same thing happen to me while traveling however um the entire uh, concept of the book was inspired by me kind of sitting at bars or coffee shops around the world and talking with people um and just learning um, and that's kind of, uh, was the, I guess the cadence that I wanted to have in that book is I, I wanted it to feel like you're sitting in a coffee shop or a bar, having a beer or a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, just hanging out with me and talking. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure travel stories and, um, through those stories were, uh, insights and, and lessons on how I kind of discovered my own path in life and then what I wanted to do and, and who, who I really was. Um, so it kind of worked out really well. Um, it's interesting because when I started writing a book, I just wanted to write a book on purpose, a guide on how to discover purpose. And that was the first draft. It was just a step-by-step -step process in discovering your life purpose. And through that, uh, I kind of sat with it and I said, this needs to have more of me in it. And, uh, and I literally, I, I literally said one day, uh, all right, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, try to bleed on paper as much as I can. And, uh, and see what comes out. Ernest Hemingway, my favorite author, said, "Write drunk and edit sober." Um, I, I necessarily take that literally, although some nights I did. But I, what I did is take that kind of in a philosophical way and, and kind of bled on paper. And I wrote spiritually drunk, and I just bleh, puked on paper. And uh, I went back and and I didn't edit much of it. So 
it's kind of it's kind of all there, you know. So um, that's kind of the concept and what's kind of going for. Nice. We have you always been the adventure type. I mean, were you always like from a little kid stage, like always curious and always on an adventure? Or was there a point in your life where you were like kind of stuck and just didn't know what to do, and you just kind of broke free and said, "Fuck, I want to go see the world and go experience life." What was it for you? Awesome question. Uh, it's interesting because at an early age, and I talk about this in the book, we we know more of who we are at an early age than we usually do as an adult because as an adult, we're typically uh, Kind of living in alignment with kind of limiting beliefs or societal expectations or pressures and so as a kid i, I really was that and that was my fantasy was to travel and be in the woods and ah, just be out sailing and stuff like this and and you know going through my teenage years i started to kind of try to fit in and uh naturally as, as you know uh, you, you can probably surmise i was pretty miserable doing that uh, and so it wasn't until I, I really recaptured that youthful kind of spirit of adventure that i really rediscovered who I was and, and um, uh, I, I not only found purpose, but just happiness. And it, it's just, it, it's something that, um, you know, I guess it's always been in me, but it's not necessarily been, um, you know, in my, in my teens and even early twenties, it was definitely something that I, I had lost, which is mm -hmm. a sadness. But uh, thankfully I, through travel and then, uh, you know, exploring the world and all that stuff, I, I was able to definitely recapture that and find myself again. So that's the clue, I think. That's the kind of, uh, one of the major points of the book is tapping into that youthful kind of spirit that we used to have. Who were we with no boundaries? Who were we uh, before people told us who we should be? We, ha we live in a society that tends to say, you know, be yourself and that's great. But then once we're ourselves, society tends to say, well, it's a little too weird. Why don't you just rein it in a bit? You know what I mean? That's a little too much. Oh, I know. Right? Me. Right. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Camera, Chris. <laughs> definitely. Hey, you rock too hard, man. I don't like Motley Crue. They're a bad influence, right? Well, I like Motley Crue. I like Van Halen. I don't listen to, you know, so um, it's just kind of a, it, it, it's a major, it was a major insight for me while, while traveling and in, in, uh, in discovering, or I guess not discovering, but rather uncovering, re, rediscovering who I really was. So you, you, you just said it a second ago, but my question to you is how come we do lose that sense of adventure? You know, I'm, I'm so keen on the fact that most of the stuff that screws us up happens between the, the ages of zero and five. A lot of our conditioning beliefs, a lot of the inputs that we get from our parents and our teachers and our friends and society and religious aspects of life, you know, they kind of go into that. And it seems like we're all playful. We're all curious. We don't have any sense of fear, but then something happens. What do you think that is? What is, what is it that happens that, that causes us to lose that spontaneity, that curiosity, that fun, that excitement, that, well, let's just go do it and figure yeah. it out. What happened? Yeah. Do you remember that? It was like, we were kids and I remember I wanted to be an astronaut and mm -hmm. it was, it was, it wasn't a question of if I was going to be one. It was a question of how I was going to be one. I've already decided I was going to do it. Uh, you know, it's it just, the world was open. And I, I don't think it's, you know, listen, the world's not out to get us, uh, mostly, and and people aren't bad, you know, but I, I think a general conditioning of society is kind of slow down, um, you know, be realistic, whatever whatever that means, and, and just kind of play by the rules. I think as kids, we're, we're, to we're told, told no more than yes by a very large margin. I just actually read, read a study on that. It's pretty interesting and, and the effects that it has on a kid. And and we typically, I gotta find this study because I, I've i been quoting it a lot in the last couple of weeks, but um, as kids, what that 
in effect does to us is, is we tend to be a little more reserved in, in our natural kind of inclinations. And so that's, um, that's a sadness. And um, I think it's just kind of the way, you know, it's not necessarily our parents or our society's uh, natural paradigms. It's just kind of what they've been raised with and then what they've been raised with. And it's kind of, uh, we're kind of taught to kind of fit into this tight little box and don't rock, don't rock the boat too much. And, uh, and just um, be who you are, but don't, you know, don't be too weird, you know? And um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had the answer for that, but it's some parents really, um, um, promotes, um, you know, independence or not independence, but, but just being who you are and expressing, you know, yourself. And some parents just kind of want you to fit into a kind of a rigid kind of little box. And, uh, I think somewhere in between, um, people just kind of lose who they really are. And I think the importance of, um, discovering who you, who you are, rediscovering that is, is to really tap into that youthful kind of innocence and, uh, you know, so it could be anything, school system, religions, uh, parents, um, uh, friends, all these things kind of, you know, as you go through life, especially, especially your formative years, you know, you, you really want, you're social creatures, you want to fit in. And, but, uh, but sometimes it's at the cost of, of uh, losing yourself. Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, that's my, my journey. I mean, you know that I was a suit and tie speaker getting up there. I tell people mm -hmm. that I used to have two Facebook profiles. Like one, one was called good Chris and one was bad Chris. One I swore on one I didn't. And I had the good one because when I started swearing on it, people were like, Chris, I don't like that language. And I'm like, I didn't want to offend anybody. So I kept that one. Then I started this other one yeah. and they were going at the same time. It was crazy. So then I literally was in a mastermind. They're like, Chris, that's ridiculous. You have two personas right now. You have to yeah, pick it's crazy. I'm like, it's scary. I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to be, I don't want to be left out and excluded. And finally, I just had to take that jump and right. own all right. of this the whole kick-ass thing, the whole swearing thing. Yeah, thing. It's like, if you, ever if, since I've done that, it's been the best. Yeah. Because you have the freedom to be who you are. Wearing a going, whether you're going out having Sunday fun day with the girls or the guys or or our coach, uh, the ultimate freedom is just to not have to feel like you're wearing a mask all the time. I mean, it's exhausting. And you know what's interesting? Talk about how, how conditioned we are. We literally met before I started coaching, and I asked you advice, and you said I used to be the suit and tie guy, and I'm the kick ass guy. You know, just be you. And you know what I did? Because I was so conditioned, I just went and I what well, happened? wearing the, the, the blazer and the shoes and now uh, talking and all the, you know, and I wasn't who I really was because I, I was that conditioned to just show up as this persona, I guess. And, and it wasn't until I really stepped into who I was that I, that I really was able to find success. So you didn't take my advice. Is that what you're saying? I took most, I took most of it, but here's the thing I did. I, I seriously did, but, but, but here's the thing. It's, it, it's scary to be yourself. Right? It is. But no, but the thing is, it's scary, but, but once we do it, we, we ask ourselves, why was it so scary to me? It's just this yes. weird concept in our head that says it's scary. And then you step into it and you go, what was I so scared of? This is bliss. This is, you know, the world never wants anything other than who you are in the first place anyway. And you don't That's realize that we can, we can sit here and intellectualize that all night, but it's not until you actually do it that you realize it on an experiential level, right? And that's, and that's when the doors really open. That's one thing I've noticed Travis since leaving the corporate job last November in truly being me, like before I had to be reserved me on social media because, you know, if my company went on there and saw anything like, Oh, Hey Chris, you know, you said this, or if I was trying to look for another job, you know, I had, I had concerns about what my personality was going to be like, although who's going to hire this guy. 
And then once I just cut the cord and said, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to do my coaching full time, do my shows full time, consult everything else. It's been so amazing. And what's interesting is that the people that I thought were my friends who liked me for that version of Chris, when I truly became who I am, it's interesting. Those friends aren't around so much anymore. But the fucking yeah. amazing thing is I'm meeting so many amazing people right now. I am I am meeting so many incredible guests, connected people, people who are changing the world. It's when I became, when I truly just said, this is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. That's when everything just kind of like just flew open. Is that something that, the way you experienced it? So we seek a wide group. Like we think that's what's going to fulfill us as a wide, a lot of people in our lives, right? And, and, and go through life trying to make everybody happy. Right, we, we we try to play the character for every every different person, right? And we think, well, why well, why why is it that so many people have so many can be around so many people and feel so lonely, right? But what we need mm -hmm. to do is, is focus less on going wide and, and focus more on going deep. And how do we go deep? How do we bring those right people into our life? Is 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 it's very simple. There's there's not a you don't need a a, a six month course or a. a, a you know, a magic pill for this. It, it's to simply understand who you are and step out in the world and be that person. And what you do is, is that's when you, 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 you find, you know, you're not, you're not finding wide relationships and having a lot of people, but you're finding the right people. And that's when you say, man, that now I'm filled. I'm, I'm, I, I feel good. You know, yes. um, it's, it's, it's not difficult in concept, but it, I understand it can be very difficult, especially for myself in in practice and yeah. but I'm, I'm here to tell you you know uh uh i'm here for you uh chris is here for you because he knows he knows what's at, at the end of that tunnel and it's not a long tunnel tunnel to travel either uh if, if, and it's definitely worth it right yep you gotta cut the cord cut the cord man um oh I, I missed a question jen jen grosso said if you could do it again what would you do differently i believe this is relating to the book this was a this was a question that was back up. I was scrolling back up. Sorry about that, Jen. Um, thank you for being here, by the way. So, if you could do it again, what would you do differently with the book? Man, I man, that's a great question. I don't know if I'd actually. I I I I, I sincerely wrote this thing from the inside out. So again, I didn't write this with the expectation of getting a publisher. Uh, I was self-publish it, so I, I was literally being myself. I was powerfully stepping into that, and I didn't care about it. I I I, I want to write a book to give to my kids one day. That was it, and and maybe mm -hmm. my audience if they cared if they cared, and uh, so. And I took two and a half years to write it, and I did that on purpose because I wanted to slow down and let it breathe and come back to it. That's a great question. This is the first time I'm saying this. I, I don't think I, I don't think I do anything different in, in writing. And I, I think I kind of did a lot of things a lot of people encouraged me not to do, which is take your time and, uh, uh, you know, get it. You can write a book in a month. And I didn't want to do that. Cause it was, it was gonna, this is my first book, dude. Like, right. I'm not gonna say, you know, I don't want, I, I wanted to be proud of it on my bookshelf. And, uh, and I am, and, and, and I guess it, I, that's an awesome question, but I don't, I, I sincerely don't think I, I would do anything different. Nice. I, I mean, I wish I could, I, I wish I can, I wish I could, I, I, I sincerely wish I can give you a different answer to kind of give some advice. I don't know. Cindy, I don't think, I don't think says, I, well, that's got, I mean, that's good. You wouldn't do, I mean, that's perfect. I mean, everything happens for a reason the way you did it. You might do something else different next time with your next book. But Cindy says, what did you hope people would get from your writing? Uh, I want them to have the um, 
come away with that. And I've gotten a lot of people kind of messaging me um, saying that they've come away with the <laughs> inspiration to do more, which is kind of cool, travel more, which is cool. And um, what I was hoping to get uh, to deliver with that is um, the freedom and then kind of the know-how to uncover a life of purpose and f find your passion in life and, and, and find the courage to, to step into that and uh, make a living doing it. So that was my main goal. Um, and uh, I hope I delivered with it, honestly. You did, dude. I read yeah. the entire thing. I read the entire thing and you delivered. I loved reading it. It's, it's such a conversation. Like you said, it's just so conversational, but it does, it inspires you really like, wow. you like, I want to go see Ireland. I want to go see, I want to go see the places you summited. I want to go. I mean, you've had so many cool adventures all over the place and some of them with your brother. I mean, it's such a beautiful story. I mean, I love the way you wrote it. Um, so, so thank you for doing that because you're going to impact a lot of people with it, obviously. Um, I want to say a couple of shout outs here. Chad Pape is in the house. Love you all. What's up, Chad? Thank you for so What's much. Chad? for being here. Chad's a cool dude. Chad's been on the show a few times. We got Kimberly, wow. Kimberly from Kansas city, Missouri. What's up, Kimberly? So thank you. For, uh, Kansas for city right on. Yes. What is going on? Um, let's see what else we got. Brenda. What's up, Brenda Bale. So good to see you here. Um, oh, one of my, one of my fellow, one of my friends that I've met through this process, Pamela Aubrey, she's my fellow co-host. I'm on her, a co-host on her show, Rainbows and Real Talk or Rainbows and Real Life. I think it is. She said, Hey, sweet. I actually caught you live. Yeah, I've got three shows now, dude. I'm freaking rocking three. it. Three. Three. What is that? Rainbows and rainbows and what? Rainbows and real life. Sounds, so, yeah. sounds awesome. So she's coming more, more of the rainbows and I'm the real life. So it's, uh, so it's Pamela Aubrey and the no excuses coach. And yeah, we're just bringing positivity and light to the world. Um, she's an amazing person. Uh, I love her to death. And, uh, what did she say here? Um, Pamela so I'm going to try the puking on paper technique right. because I just can't see the camera. All right. Yeah, that's because this is, this is a big writer's block, right? And whether you, whether you're a writer or not, uh, this could be any kind of creative endeavor. Here's a simple practice. Um, Hemingway said it best, write drunk, edit sober. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean chug a bottle of wine, puke on paper. That just means lead from your heart. Let your inner artist come out and, and do its work before you let the, the inner critic do its job, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's a big distinction. And that's how we kind of lose sight of who we are, by the way, is that we let the inner critic always make decisions before the artist. Um, so just do it and, and see what you come up with. It's, uh, some people call it, I think, freedom, free writing or, or whatever. Um, it's, it's leading with the heart and just kind of just writing and writing and writing and just kind of bleeding and, and, uh, getting emotional because you know, nobody's gonna read it mm -hmm. unless you go the next day and you edit and say, I don't want to, I don't think anybody should read it. Um, but typically when you create from that space, it, it gets to the point where you say, I, I'm going to be vulnerable, but I do want people to see this. So lead and, and go with the intention that nobody's going to read it. Just you're writing, you're just writing for yourself. You're just... You're just bleeding on paper and just go in, go into it saying, no, I'm going to read it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be grammatically correct. Uh, I can misspell things. I can say things. It doesn't matter. I, I can piss off some people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter because all you're doing is just kind of puking on paper. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then come back to this. That's why it took me so long to write my book is because I, I came back to it two months later and I would say, okay, well, it's hard for me to put out, but okay, it's there and it's good. So, um, that's it. It's, 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 it's only as hard as you make it. So, um, so true. <laughs> and I'd have you consider that people, that's what people want to read and need to read, by the way, is, 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 is your heart, right? not your head. 
Thank you. Thank you. Pamela says she needed that reminder. Pamela is awesome. She also says up here, Christopher knows I was terrified to be online invisible and now I just embrace what comes. Yes. And you're doing a phenomenal job here. You are. You are. Right on, Pamela. Um, yeah, we got a lot of comments in here tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, actually, Cindy has another question. Um, what was one special thing you did learn you might not have realized before your adventures? Ooh, great question, Cindy. There's one special thing you you did, you learned that you might not have realized before. Uh, okay, so so travel, especially world travel, and especially solo world travel, um, made me realize that um, I was playing a character back home. I was, because you, you go and you travel the world, especially kind of more uh, exotic cultures and, and you realize how different things are. And you kind of start to realize that maybe my persona is an accident of geography and time. I am the way that I am. I have the beliefs that I have and I, I'm, I'm doing the things that I do because I was born at a certain time, a certain place, and that's it. And you start to really understand that the more you travel uh, around the world. And uh, you meet people who have different beliefs, uh, different loves and passions, all, all simply because they were born at a different place in time. And you start to really ask yourself those, those uh, powerful questions and, and saying, am I this way because I was raised this way? Am I, do I believe this because you know my parents believe this? Do I? And then you start to really are able to uncover that. And then what what world travel allows you to do is you kind of, it's which is really fun by the way, especially solo travel. You can kind of play a different character, and you can kind of be this different person, right? And not to say that I you know went anywhere like yeah I'm a doctor and you know none of that. It's just yes, you know, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing, nothing like that. Oh, I, I'm an artist, you know. So, no, no, none of that. It's just like, struggling it's, artist. Just, Take me in. I, I, yeah, I, I, I had freedom to just uh, be who I was really, and and it was the most freeing thing. It was it was it was weird, and it was at first, but it was oh my god, it was liberating, and it was yeah, I can. I can tell the jokes that I wanted to without, you know, small things like that, without worrying about what other people are going to say. I can, I can laugh like an idiot. I, I can, I can be passionate about things, and I can say it like a little kid. And who cares? Who who cares? You know, and um, man, I'm telling you, so infinitely powerful, infinitely powerful. But here's the thing: will traveling the world inform that? and help you realize that on an experiential level yes in a very real way if you go travel on a point away and say i'm going to just uncover who i am and just be this dance dance with a rhythm of who i am yes but you don't need a passport to learn that uh start simple right uh just be out in the world who you are and um right i had to travel and most people do kind of uncover that within themselves but you don't need to is what i'm saying um, you can you can just step into the fear of it because it's scarier to do it at home, which is why most people don't do it at home. But you try it step by step and really start to see like, oh, people are actually starting to embrace who I are. The right people are starting to embrace who I am, and and I, I feel, you know, no spoiler alert, I feel way more happy. And <laughs> by the way, that's another another pillar of the book is is setting your purpose is just to start to live in alignment with your values and, and who you are. And, and through that, you're going to, uh, you know, uncover purpose. 
exactly. No, that I mean, a, that's that was a long winded answer, man. No wonder I was able to write a book. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, I was, hey, we were all, we're all listening to it. We're all listening to it. When I think about my journey, Travis, and, and going through, because you're right, you know, there was, there was, I was always the same person around most people, even at work, I was the jokester, you know, but there was certain aspects of myself that I would not, you know, vocalize. And there was always like this, like, I want to say this, but I don't want to say this because I want to cause ripple effects. But you know, when you cause ripple effects, then you cause people to think and you cause people to change. For me, I had to get to a point where I was so, I was so worried about losing people like, Oh, if I change, you know, if I become more vocal, if I become more of this, then those people aren't going to like me. And I had to get comfortable with saying, you know what? for me, speaking of books, I think about life as chapters in a book. You know, I think about my career now, the 26 year career I had, that was a huge chapter in my book. And to walk away from that and to, to think about the relationships that I don't have anymore, because now I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, you just have yeah. to get to a point where you have to wish people well and say, Hey, that was a chapter in the book. You know, like the movie that was then this is now from the eighties. It's like, you know, that was a great time and it was cool and everything, but now you're maybe different. Now maybe I'm different and it's all good. We just continue to move forward and have that, have that knowledge that all the right doors and all the right people, they're going to come walking in and, and not replace those people, but enhance that whole experience of the journey that we're on. As long as we're growing, if you have the same friends that you had in high school and now you're 50 years old, I mean, what do you think of that? Is that, is that somebody who's grown? Can you possibly grow with friends? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, sure, if you've been real to yourself the whole time. Uh, but I think high school is, uh, you know, at least in my case, and I think most people that I work with's case, is definitely a time where you're not yourself because you're trying to figure out who the hell, what the hell you want to do with the rest of your life before you even know who the hell you are. So uh, I don't know uh, if you've been real to yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say so. Um, um, but uh, I don't think that's the case for, for most people, sadly. Um, so I don't know, man. That's a great question. Thank you. I'm an interviewer. You know that. Um, Me actually, too. Was, this is what, we, this is what we do for a living, right? We ask questions. <laughs> I know. I was on your show originally. That was fun. That was so much fun. Um, so tell me about a time that maybe you went out and you did, you went on one of these journeys and, you know, you had like maybe a moment or an epiphany or something like that. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually, I like this playful thing that I'm doing here, wherever I'm at. And I'm going to bring this back. And, and when I go back home, was there ever a time when you came back home and you were a little bit different and people were like, what's up with this guy? Who do you think you are? Mr. World Traveler. Now you're, you're this, and you're going to be a coach and a book writer and, and speak from stages and all that stuff. Was, was there ever a moment like that where you kind of came back and went, okay, it's going to be a little awkward being me, but it's okay. Mm, yeah, I didn't. I don't know, man. I, you know, I, 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 this wasn't a big, I wish I can say like stepping into who I was, was, was this big kind of enlightenment experience, you know, but it, it, it was, it was definitely a journey and it was step by step and it was small steps. Um, but I think the first time it really hit me was when I decided I was going to be a coach. And um, thanks, Teresa. Um, and um, man, I'm, I get chills, man, because you know I I really stepped into that, and I was I, I was going, man, I'm gonna do this, and I didn't know what it was, by the way. I just always had it in me to do coaching before I knew what it was, and once I discovered there was a thing that you can do called coaching and inspiring people, I said, no shit, that's definitely what I'm doing with the rest of my life, which is interesting because people didn't exactly. Uh, react in the, um, or, or my inner circle didn't exactly react in the most positive way. Um, You're going to be a life coach? You're going to be on Scott Bale's yeah. show? That's what I heard. 
Scott Bayo show. Is he, that's, so, that's where life oh, coaches became popular because it was like Scott Bayo has a life coach. And I remember I always struggled with the life coach thing. I'm like, I'm not, I'm a personal development. Sp- I was always trying to figure out a different label, but yeah, when Scott Bayo had a life coach, people were like, Oh, you're going to be like the, the life coach on Scott Bayo. And I was like, what, let me go watch this thing. And I'm like, no, I'm nothing like that. That's okay. No. <laughs> so life, the, the term, actually, this is interesting because the term life coaching, I think was, is awesome. Like when I heard that, I'm like, Fuck, that's awesome! Like, I, like that's great. I think people kind of ruin the term, though, man. But like, it's just become this kind of weird. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a whole tangent. But people kind of, you know, um, messed with it. I think I don't know. It's interesting. But uh, when I first heard about it, I, I didn't. I've never heard the term before. And having again, I, societal kind of information coming in into me that said some. You know, this, you this is a weird thing. I just said that sounds badass, and not oh my god, that's. <clears throat> yes, that's what I'm supposed to do. So anyway, um, I stepped into it, um, and then and then people started to go, "Who the hell are you to coach?" Um, that's weird. Uh, all these things, right? And uh, it was just this really uncomfortable time because it was really interesting because I was really finding myself really for the first time in my life. Really, for the sincerely, for the first time in my life, I was really stepping into who I want to be, and I got so many people around me knocking it, knocking me, and it was just not even knocking the career path. It was knocking me, like the first time, and I'm going, "Oh, coaching? Well, don't you need to be smart for something like that?" Like seriously, I heard that, and I'm going, "Holy shit!" And I started to go, "Holy shit!" Like, "Oh my god, you're an asshole. You're my friend, right?" And that's crazy. Like, that's crazy. But here's the thing. Did, did that sting? Yeah, at first it stung. But then I started to live my life and I, and I didn't have to walk around and wear a mask around this person anymore because I was who I was. And they, they naturally kind of, we made our way out of each other's lives. And you found, I found freedom through that. And then what happened with me stepping into this weird thing, life coaching, that so many people at the time didn't understand was that I met people that did understand it. I mean, for God's sake, I met my girlfriend through what I was doing, you know, um, met the right people, the, the right people that sincerely came into my life and, and, and the wrong people stepped out of it. Um, and I, I don't want to romanticize it. It was, it was, it was, you know, it was, it struggled through it. You know, I'm uncovering who I am and people aren't really accepting it at first, but I am here to tell you that through that journey, I, I did, I did find the right people. So mm-hmm. it, it was worth yep. it. Yeah. You have to, I mean, you have to stay strong to your dream. I still remember that. I mean, I still remember when I met you, it was like TGI Fridays. We met for a couple of beers and lunch and you were just like, so tell me about this thing. And I just remember you were just, you were like fully into it. Cause I've had so many people hit me up for advice. Like, Oh, how do you do this? How do you become a speaker? And most of people how to become a speaker. And they're just like, Oh yeah. But you were just like, tell me more about that. What? Is, okay. So what, you know, and you told me about, yeah, yeah. I said, you're a bartender. I said, you're a fucking life coach already, dude. And yeah. yeah. You know, I just, I'm so proud of everything that you've accomplished from that conversation and from everything that you've done, because it is a journey and it's not, you know, to, to, to really realize something that's important to us and to, to risk for stuff, you know, you're going to go through the dirt. You're going to go through the mud. You're going to get your, your, as, as Steve Harvey says, I always quote it, the video jump. It's a minute and 58 seconds, guys. If you never watched it, go fucking watch it. Minute 58 seconds. You got to jump. Your back's going to get scratched up. Shit's going to happen. It's going to be scary. It's going to be freaky. But then all of a sudden that parachute starts to open a little bit. Just a little bit. Like, I feel like yeah. mine's opening a little bit. You know, I'm, okay. 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 It's freaky. I'm kind of, I'm okay. Oh, there's a rock. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's, I mean, that's, that's why we're living. That's why we're alive. Right. I mean, to go after yeah. the things that, that mean the most to us and risk those things. And, you know, 
experience, I mean, live versus exist. That's the way I look at it. Um, not gonna your deathbed. You're not going to be on your deathbed um, uh, happy that you played it safe too much. You oh, know, no. There's always a call, to, a call to adventure in your heart. And unless you answer that call to adventure, uh, you're going to wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat at some point in your life, whether it's in your early 20s like me or your late 70s or 80s and like say, me. holy shit, what am I like? Where my life go? I mean, there's no, there's no timeline on one when it's, you know, right. But it's just, um, I think we can all agree on this. Anybody even watching this right now, they know this is the truth. They know we're speaking truth here. It's just the matter of stepping into the fear and doing mm -hmm. it. So I'm, I'm going to encourage everybody and you don't have to make a giant leap. I, I would skydive. I, I used to be do skydiving and I wouldn't jump out of the plane, not knowing how to pull my parachute. Right. Uh, Learn how to pull the parachute and jump out of the damn plane, right? Yes. Because you can do it, and you're going to make it, and it's going to be okay, all right? And and, I, and when I quit my job and I stepped into the coaching full time, it's the same thing as, as you're going through right now. It was holy shit, oh my god! And it's almost like the parachute kind of okay, all right. It's almost like the, the universe was kind of your god or whatever you want to call it, which thing the whole my whole life he was saying come out and dance, come out and play, come out and play, come on, let's do it. And then and I said, hey, I don't know, not right now, I don't know, you know. And then once I did it, the universe said to me finally, well, what the hell are you been waiting for? See, this isn't so bad. All right. Mm -hmm. It was, it was really, really interesting that way. Everything, everything we can figure out, everything. That's the, that's the thing. There's a Marie Forleo. I always forget how to pronounce her name. Marie, Maria Forleo. She wrote a book called everything is figure outable. I, that's the most important part. The book, everything is figure outable. Yeah. It's a fucking great book. I saw her in an interview. It's like jump and you're going to, you're going to become resourceful. I mean, we have to survive. You're going to figure it out. I mean, I know that's where I'm at yeah. right now is I'm on that, I'm on that verge of what the next adventure is. Like I told my wife, mm -hmm. I said, I'm ready to move. I'm like ready to get out of California, move to Colorado or just mm -hmm. something different, you know, wide open spaces and not be in the city and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe have a view of the water or the mountains or something like that. I'm like ready for the next adventure and take my son on it and just go experience more life. I mean, that's what we're all mm -hmm. here for. And um, speaking of experiences, uh, Pam says, uh, Pam says, what was, well, actually go ahead and I'll answer that. Cause you, you got something. Oh no, I didn't want to interrupt your question. I, it, we, I know this is so cliche, but it's just, I, I it just, ah, like you, we got it. You know, it's an old stoic kind of practice is to wake up every day and think about death. Sounds morbid, but it's, it's, you know, you, you t tell yourself, you know, I'm going to die one day. And at the end of my life, what is it going to mean? It's, it's, it's it going to feel just like a dream. And you wouldn't go to sleep tonight and wake up in a lucid dream dreaming and, and say, oh, I'm going to play it safe. I'm not going to go do, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's all like that. Right. So you'd have the most fun adventures you can have. And you wouldn't ask you say, I'm too scared. You just, you know, it's a dream. And you say, oh, I'm just going to do this amazing thing that I've always wanted to do. You wouldn't wake up the next morning having lived that lucid dream saying, oh, man, I, you know. I'm happy I didn't go fly to Thailand or, you know, I'm happy I didn't have this epic adventure. You know what she had, and the same is going to happen at the end of our life on our deathbed, looking back on our life. We're going to wish we just, we lived. Mm -hmm. right? It's so, so true. I mean, um, that's, why, that's why I do all my posts to say no regrets, no regrets. No regrets. Scare the crap out of me, scare the crap out of me every day. I'm like, when yeah. I get to my deathbed, I've already written my eulogy. My eulogy is something that keeps me as my guidepost every single day. Yeah, me too. Right, fought, fought for what was right and what was fair, risk for which that mattered, and left the earth a better place for who he was and what he did. As long as I'm marching mm -hmm. in that direction every single day and moving the needle on that that goal, that's the most important thing to me because that way, if I die tomorrow, I can honestly say this now, 
last year, if I died, I'd be like, oh man. But now with everything I've done and the people I've helped just in the last, just since COVID has started, yeah. free coaching calls, coaching clients, all these shows and everything and the people that I've met, it's such an amazing, I mean, it's such an amazing gift. Now I would say, hey, you know, if something happened right now, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to miss my son. I love him, but I was a good dad, you know, whatever. Yeah. So regret, you got to have that leverage, that pain of staying the same versus, you know, the commitment of, of taking that risk to be who you truly meant to be while you're here. Yeah, fine, man. <clears throat> Pamela, I had a question. What is one of your most memorable moments from your travels? The time you were stripped oh. in Thailand and you were sent, no. Uh, that's a good question, man. Um, I was in one of, one of, so definitely not um, like the, the one that stands above the rest, but the one that always kind of comes to mind, it's in the book, is um, when I was in Iceland, I was traveling solo. And, and since I was a kid, I, I had always wanted to see the Northern Lights. That was a great oh, story. I was obsessed. I was obs you liked it. Good. I was obsessed. I, I, I thought, up, you know, it was negative 15, <laughs> I think. I was like, here's the thing, though. So, yeah, I'll tell you a good story. Um, if you haven't read the book, it's a good story. I think it's a good story. Um, so I went there, and, and you got, if anybody's seen the Northern Lights, you know, you got to kind of be lucky. You can kind of try to put yourself in the right position, but. You know, you can't, you can put yourself in the right position, but rest is up to the cosmos. So I was in Iceland in the middle of December. It was uh, uh, dark 20 hours a day. Um, I was there on my own. And I, I said, uh, you know, my first day, I'm, I traveled out to this secluded beach away from the main town, which is Reykjavik, small little town. And I sat on the beach. I stood on the beach for like three hours. And I was just looking up at the sky and I'm going, oh man, I got to see these lights. I got to see them. And just when I started to kind of try to convince myself that, you know what, this is a place I want to have to come back to, to be a great adventure. I, I can't see it the first night. There's, you know, it's too, it's too easy. Just as I started to say that, I saw this kind of thing that looked like a cloud up in the sky that was moving in this kind of weird kind of way. And I kind of looked at it and um, I was staring at it. And all of a sudden, this little white thing turned big and started turning neon green. And started dancing over the ocean. This, this green, purple thing just started, you know, dancing. And it quite literally looked like like neon green cosmic curtains dancing over the ocean. And my feet are in the snow. I'm freezing. I'm wearing like five layers of jackets. And um, I'm watching this. And I, I literally, I remember I was... I had my phone in my pocket and, I, and, I'm going, and I didn't even think about it. And it was an hour. I watched this for an hour and I cried and, and I'm going, this is incredible. And I didn't once think about taking out my phone and to, to film it or anything like that. I just literally sat, sat there in what Joseph Campbell calls aesthetic arrest, which yep. is these moments in your life where you're just like, I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk for like an hour. It was, it was, I know that sounds crazy, but it was unreal. It was unreal. It was the most beautiful show I'd ever seen. So I go back in town and, you know, I'm talking to the locals and I'm saying, oh, it's number, it was number one on my bucket list, by the way, number one. And all the locals are saying, oh my God, yeah, we saw that from the town and it was epic tonight. And by the way, in Iceland, you see it all the time. Right. And uh, I'm going, oh my God, you know, it was unreal. And I'm just, I got chills still, you know, coming in back into town, which is like a 45 minute bus ride back in the town. And I, I go, I'm going to go celebrate at a bar. So I went down to, to a local bar. And I sat down and the bar, you know, the bartender, she goes talking to me and I said, I just saw the Northern Lights, you know, oh my God, you know, it's unreal. 
And she goes, oh yeah, well, what's your name? You know, where are you from? I go, my name's Travis, you know, from California. She goes, oh, my name's, my name's Aurora. And I was like, holy shit, what? Like, talk about synchronicity. And it was just one of those moments that I just, I, I'll, Chris, I'll never forget it, man. It was, it was oh, yeah. uh, unreal. And, and I think one of the major things that got out of that was, you know, I was talking to somebody, a friend I met in Iceland a couple days later. Uh, and uh, he goes, you know what? You're so excited and soaked on these northern lights, and we see them all the time. And sometimes I don't even look up to look at them, you know. And I'm going, "That's crazy! That's in how can you see something so beautiful and not look up at it?" And he goes, "Well, I think maybe you have something at home that, you know, you do that too, probably, maybe." And I go, "No, of course not." And he goes, "Don't you have like? Don't you live on the Pacific Ocean?" And I go, "Yeah, wow, holy cow, yep, I do." And then that changed everything, and that was kind of. You know, the sacred is all around us. The beautiful is all around us. It's just the way we look at it. So, you know, pretty, pretty huge for me. Nah, that's, that's amazing. I, I absolutely love that story in the book. Um, wow. We have so many comments. It's so great for you guys to be here. We appreciate it. Brenda Bale says, I used to work with Brenda. Brenda says, I loved our talks. The honesty was something not everyone was comfortable with or was willing to share. That's so true, Brenda. <laughs> we had a lot of great talks. Margaret, what's up, Margaret? Great to see you tonight. Uh, Margaret says, how did you decide to coach? Uh, me? How are you? Yeah. Um, well, I talked to this he guy me. Out at, a, at, at a bar one day and, uh, I got, I got the uh, motivation to go do it. Um, I, I was in Japan and I knew all I knew that was that I would love to, um, teach people happiness and purpose, which is interesting because I didn't know my own damn purpose, but I definitely knew kind of how to be happy because I was a typically happy dude. And uh, I was in Japan, um, and I did this thing called Ikigai, which is kind of your reason for being, the Japanese call, uh, your life purpose, basically. And it's basically, um, what do you love? You know, what are you passionate about? What are you good at? What does the world need and what can you be paid for? And, and somewhere you meditate on these four questions, which I did on the top of uh, Mount Takao in Tokyo. And it's interesting, it didn't take me long. I just said, I'd love to do that. And I didn't know what coaching was at the time, um, but I, I, I went home and I said, I'm going to teach people to, or not teach people. I said, I'm going to have powerful conversations with people to help them be happy and to live. Because I was already doing that as a bartender. People say, um, you know, your bartender is your best, best therapist. And I didn't like that because I, I didn't like listening to people's problems and not giving them like action or accountability. So this is before I knew what coaching was. I was just like, people were like, oh, I've always wanted to go to Ireland. And they would come in and work on their computer. And I'm like, Dude, what are you stopping you? Let's do it. Let's do it right now. And they, you know, people, would go, that's kind of thing, right? Nice. <clears throat> so I came home and I said, I'm going to do it. And it wasn't, I, I, again, I loved, loved with my heart. And, and if I had said, oh, you can't do that without being a therapist or something like that, then I would have never done it. And I just came home and I said, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm, it's not a question of if, it's a question of how. How am I going to do it? And so I figured out the how, and here I am. So I just, again, I, I just Man. kind of, this, this was always, it was always there, here. Um, I was just, I, I had a, a world of, um, I was living in a world of, um, you can't. Yeah. Um, and so we ask ourselves pretty crappy questions. You know, we, I, I, you want to go, I don't know, you do, you want to be a dancer or something, you know, whoever, you know, you're going to be dancing. Oh, I can't do that. Right. I can't do that. Like I have to do this. 
Instead, just ask yourself this, how can I? Yeah. What would I just had a client a, a year, actually, dancing interesting. I had a client a year and a half ago and she was um, trying to be a dancer. And, you know, and um, I probably shouldn't, you know, client confidentiality, but uh, she's doing something in that realm. So you spin to that world and you're going to find, you're going to, you're going to find something, right? Whether you're mm -hmm. teaching or whether you're, you know, um, doing it or, or whether you're in that world, it's, it's, you know, it's there. So it's don't stop asking yourself bad questions and uh, start encouraging yourself just a little bit and have, you know, have the small little curves and not just jump in the river, but just kind of take a little step and you're going to see it's not, not that bad. And you're going to pretty quickly find the courage to kind of step in full force. That's a, that's a great jumping off point. Thank you, Travis. Um, <clears throat> what are some of your favorite questions for people to ask themselves? I mean, I love questions. I'm sitting there staring at a bunch of questions here. What are some of your favorite questions to get people to start thinking? And so by the way, Margaret, purpose, go be a coach. What's that? I told Margaret to go be a coach. Oh, come on, Margaret. Step into it. Step into it. You got, you, sweetheart, you got it. Melissa says, before you answer that question, Melissa says, thank you for being here, Melissa. Thank you for sharing. I'm going through the same journey of becoming a coach myself. Awesome. It's, Let's it's talk. one of the most rewarding. Honestly, if you have, if you have the passion to help people and inspire people, it is literally the most rewarding thing I've ever done. I, I've talked with somebody yesterday and I'm not going to divulge information, but literally that person told me I saved their life. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what? And she explained me the situation. She says, I was planning it. And I saw one of your videos and I decided not to. And, and I had a call with her and you just, when you get people to, to, to change what they're doing, you see the miserable, you know, I want you to say miserable, the frustrating situations that they're in just because they don't have the belief or the confidence or the tools to get out of those situations. And you start imparting those things on them and they start taking those little bitty steps and they start building that, that momentum. They're like, Hey, if I could do this, I could do this. And they start just taking these little steps and they just start yeah. speaking up and owning their own life and owning their own future. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it truly is. So go be a coach, but back to your original, the thing, what are some of your favorite questions to ask people or yeah, they should be asking themselves. Uh, this is, you know, this is uh, Teresa was a be coach. Hmm. Was it Teresa Chris? Oh, okay, no, so no, Margaret, wants be, Margaret wants to be Mar the Margaret. And I'll also Margaret. Melissa. And Melissa. And also Melissa. So Margaret and Melissa. Okay. Um, the questions are everything. Because as a coach, uh, we don't... Um, love you too, Colleen. Um, Colleen's awesome. We, we don't give advice. And if you're giving advice, what you're doing is you're getting people in the, in the rut. In the same rut they've been in. They, you can't find out I, you're the expert of your own life i'm not but what i help you do and what i'm awesome at is helping you tap into that and i don't do that by telling you ever what to do what i do is i help you uncover that in yourself by asking powerful questions um and some of the certain practices that i have you do uh, you might say i prescribe certain practices but that's mostly to uncover who you are in yourself and to have practice self inquiry one of my favorite questions um so many though man this is like asking what my favorite travel experience is um what would you do if you weren't scared okay what would you do if you weren't scared what would you do if you weren't scared right because all we're doing is playing in the sandbox baby there's not it's just me and the coach I'm my co your coach and yourself it's just playing the sandbox. i'm not saying you got to do this but i'm just hypothetically what would you do oh you do that okay how might you do that and we start and just through verbalizing it, 
through speaking your world, you're informing action and insight. And you're saying, oh, I, I would do that. And I would, do, you know, so what would you do if you weren't scared? So what I find as a, as a coach is, is most of our, our, our core self is uh, directly fear direct our life rather than our heart, right? So what would you do hypothetically if you weren't scared? Um, and let's play with that a bit. Let's play in the sandbox. Um, the next one is what I love. And this, this is typically in like a, a beginning coaching call is, um, if you're trying to find purpose in life, very simple. Uh, what would you do if your happiness paid the bills? What would you do if your happiness paid the bills? And I didn't, I, I didn't ask, I didn't ask, uh, sometimes this is the only question you need, by yeah. the way. Right. Sometimes that you don't need, maybe you might, you might not have to read my book, man. I mean, you might want to read it cause it's a, it's a pretty good book maybe, but, uh, you, you know, if you want to discuss, if you, if you just want to discover life purpose, what would I do if my happiness paid the bill? So I didn't ask, uh, what would you do with your life? That's, um, that you make money in, right? So I'm asking yourself a powerful question. What would you do if your happiness paid the bills? And then we play with that. What kind of things would you do? And then I ask, a question with the presupposition, which is how. Okay, so the presupposition of how implies it can be done, which I've been doing this a long time, six years, six or seven years, I think, I don't know. But um, it can be done, all right? So, okay, so we're playing sandbox. We have a few things that you'd love to do if your happiness pay the bills. I mean, hypothetically, how could you do that? What action steps might you take? And then what I always hear, what I was getting in, in the beginning is resistance, you know? Oh, well, I can't do that, you know, this, because of this. Okay, I didn't ask that though. I didn't ask, can you? I asked, how can you, all right? So give me 10, 10 reasons right now, all right? 10, 10 ways right now. Well, I mean, hypothetically, if you weren't scared, how, how much you do that? And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. what do we do? We get really resourceful, right? Yeah. Oh, Travis isn't gonna let me off the hook unless I give me 10 freaking reasons. So you start to get two or three and I'm still getting a little bit of resistance, four or five, a little better. And then we start to get like, you start to see in your clients, right, Chris? You go, number seven, right? You go, oh shit, that's really good. Oh, number nine, that's really good because we're, we're, we're getting rid of the limiting BS <clears throat> that's yes. on the surface. And you we're getting swear. to the core of who you are. You could swear. Didn't I? Shit. You said BS and you said friggin'. Oh, it's full. They said friggin'. Hey, man, don't make me be somebody I'm not, Chris. Eric <laughs> <laughs> Swanson in the house. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Listen to this. Colleen says, love you, Travis. Been following you for years. We got this one. Eric Swanson says, Christopher Roush, you are a blessing to our world. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. You're a blessing. Melissa says, this is powerful. Yes. 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 You guys are freaking fantastic. What's up, Larry? Good to see you tonight. Thank you guys for sharing this. I mean, thank you guys so much for sharing this. I appreciate it. Um, I want to take, I want to just take an opportunity just to talk about a couple of my favorite pages here in the book. I mean, I dog-eared damn near all of it. And truth be told, oh, man, cool. ladies and gentlemen, I got to put my spectacles on so I can actually see. Um, I love the fact that just in the beginning, you say I was moving through life and I was moving through life, never allowed me to slow down enough to discover who I was. Mm -hmm. I love that. Cause sometimes we're just going so fast at the speed of sound that we never stop to really take notice of where it is that we're going. We just get caught up in the machine and then we look by and our life has gone by and it's 10 years later. And we're like, what the hell happened right. to it? I love mm -hmm. that. Another one I highlighted that says when let I me, let me, let me, let me, can I, can I stop you right there? No. Just real quick, just real quick. Cause I, I didn't, yeah. it's, it, it's not can. that life is, it's not that life is too short. It's that we wait too long to start living. 
So we act like I gotta, I gotta figure this out. It's like we go through high school, and because I gotta figure out who I am before I even know who I, who I am, you know. And I gotta go to college, and I, I go to college to get that, that job, and then I, and I get that job, and then I gotta get the raise, and I gotta I'm working here. I'm, I'm living here, and I'm living, or you know, I'm living here, but I'm, I'm, my mind is here in the future. You constantly chasing that ladder, and then you wake up somewhere, you know, after you're retired, and you go, oh my god, now what? Right? It's, you gotta remember to, to, to slow down, travel, pursue your passions and interests. And that's where you're going to un uncover who you are the most. So I, I hate it. That's, that's a big, uh, that's a big one. That's a really big one for me, man. Cause I was doing the same thing. I know. I, I was constantly told you got to do this and you got to do this. And this is the next step. And it's like, Oh my God, man, you ever climb a mountain and then you get to the top and you're just like, what the hell? I missed the whole journey at the top. What's the, what's the point? What's the point? That's life, dude. You can climb in the mountain. You're, you're, you're this beauty all around you. Stop. What, what's your, you know, this old wisdom? Stop and smell the roses. Your grandma wasn't full of shit when she said it. She's serious. Stop and smell yep. the roses because that's, that's where you find the beauty of life. So, and that's where you, that's where you find yourself. So, slow down. Slow down, man. You, you got some, you got some time. Just Moment. figure it out. All right. Moment. That's one of the biggest Moment. lessons I've learned in the last year, dude, especially my son and everything else is moments. Like, what do you yeah. have? What do you have direct influence? So I don't say control, but what do you have direct influence over? You have direct influence over the moment you're in. Can you find something to be grateful yeah. for? Can you find happiness in the situation? And so many people look at what they don't have. And of course, if you look at what you don't have, you're going to find more of what you don't have. If you look at what you have and focus on those moments and smell the roses and realize that life is pretty great and sit there and stop for a second, it's, it bugs for me as a coach, it, it bugs the shit out of me when I ask them like, you know, do you ever plan parties or tailgates or something like that? Like, oh my God, every year we have this massive party. It takes us two months to plan and da, 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 da. And we go all out and we invite all these people and we have all these games. And I'm like, how well do you plan your life? Do you have the next three, five, 10 years planned for yourself? No. Yeah. How come? Uh, that's yeah. scary. I don't, and then I might have to do it. <laughs> Yeah. So you, sit there and right. you just sit there and hope, wish, and pray that something's going to change and it never does. And people sit there and play the someday right. game. Someday when well, this it's happens. A, it's a lottery yeah. mentality, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lottery mentality. I mean, you, how many people win the lottery? But that's what we hope. We hope someday mm -hmm. somebody's going to save us from ourselves. Man, it's so much easier to just do it yourself. <laughs> Isn't it? So much easier. It is. It is so, it is so, it is so powerful. <laughs> Put my glasses back on because there's more powerful stuff. Thank you so much, dude, for, for being here tonight. I mean, this is so, this is so much fun doing this with you because knowing your journey and what you've been on, I'm just I'm so happy. I'm just so happy to be doing this. Um, so actually, happiness. Look at this. I just opened the page. I highlighted happiness comes as a result from living on purpose. Yes, but the foundation of it, it must be practiced first, so that we are in we are in a clear and more positive headspace on our journey. Right. We that's yeah. what we've been saying. Yeah. Live on your and you said here all this isn't this isn't like this is Dalai Lama, any any Buddhist teacher or anybody knows, you know, we know this. Happiness is an inside job. Practice it. Start practicing happiness and see see where that takes you. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Right. And actually, speaking of happiness again, I knew that happiness wasn't something to be passively learned. I knew it was something to be actively experienced. And you set the mm -hmm. example. You went and actively experienced yeah. it, and you're still experiencing it. Yeah. Um well, to give totally. I mean, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, go. Now I'm just I'm just excited as you are because it's like oh I mean this is so cool through my travels I discovered that happiness is the mindset you choose in the face of what happens to you. I mean there's so many brilliant things in here. I was I was going to sit here actually originally I was going to go let's just make the interview about me going through the book and like talking about things but I just wanted to give a teaser for you guys to go out there and get this. The link is in the show notes for you guys to go purchase this. Um, what other comments do we have? Um, let's see. 
Uh, I resonate with that. Melissa, good to see you here tonight. Um, Colleen says, so glad I caught this live. Yes, we're so glad you are here live with us. So what is what is your next adventure? So you've written the book, you're coaching, you're going out and you're experiencing things. I love how you set up your work week and doing that to make sure you have time to go play. What are some of your next big adventures that you're going to be tackling? Well, Chris, yes. Um, I, I, I recently wrote a children's book, so which will be coming that. out. Uh, and that is, uh, oh my God, man, I'm so excited for people to read this and get their hands on it. Um, I, I sincerely think, uh, this is, and this isn't for sale, please sell anything like that. So I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's butt or anything like that. It's going to be a while, but I sincerely think this is, um, probably the best thing that I've ever put out in the world. And so I'm really excited to be able to read it. It's a children's book, of course, like any good children's book, it can be for adults doing it a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am doing coaching. Um, got a couple of programs, the Live Your Adventure program, which is my life coaching course to take you from, you know, help you create a life you don't need a vacation from. And a very business, which is helping uh, coaches uh, go from wanting to be a full-time coach to be a full-time coach. So, uh, which is an excellent and- program. Excellent program. Excellent program. Hit Travis up for that. Travis, I've, I've experienced it. Excellent program. Excellent program. Awesome, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's you know I've, I've been to the you know all the stuff and it's it's what worked for me. And before I made it a group thing, I I worked with people one-on-one through it, and, and it's worked for so many people. So yeah, it's there. It's out there. So, mm. you know, maybe I'll make that a book one day. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, why not? So what is the children's book about? Are you allowed to tell or are you going to keep it a secret? You're making me. Oh, I'm not keep it a secret. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Um, cause you know, I have a kid. I want to, I want to, re- I want to, cause I remember when we talked, you know, I was like, I want my kid, I want to be able to read it to my kid first. So yeah. Uh, we'll have, sh- we'll have you back on the show and talk about that too. What's that? I said, I'll have you back on the show and we'll talk about that book too. That, that'd be awesome. I'm hoping to get it done sooner than later. Uh, it will be sooner than my, um, the process will be a lot less than my, um, uh, my other book, but, uh, I have, I have an illustrator working on it. It's just, it's just, I mean, I am just so thrilled about this. Um, it's called, uh, funny enough, the map to adventure. Uh, I have a thing for adventure. It's, it's my number one core value. So, um, it's, um, it's, I guess a story about, um, <laughs> it's sort of a lot of things. Um, it's it, it's about uh, the power of imagination, the power of the freedom to be yourself, and the I guess the the power of adventure, both adventure literally and and, and spiritually. And that's not to say this is uh, uh, too heavy-handed for a kid. This is written for seven-year-olds, um, but uh, the message is there, and it's it, it speaks to the level of a of a kid. You know that they can understand that and really feel it, and and I think um, for the parents reading too, which um, that's all I, I think that's all I can really say right now. But uh, I'm pretty, I'm, as you can probably tell, I'm, I'm really proud of it. So I'm I'm really really excited to get this out. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be big, man. I think it's gonna be a big thing. So uh, we'll see. So so are you gonna self-publish? Yeah. Or you're gonna do a publisher? So this one will be self-published. I don't want to go through the process of publishing a kid's book because if you publish a kid's book with a with a, a, a publisher, you don't have say over the art. Mm. So I, I want to have say over the art. So I'm going to self-publish it, and I, I'm pretty confident that it's going to probably build a solid fan base. Um, and from there, I, I'm, I would imagine I would imagine 
uh, we might get a publisher to publish it with uh, the art and and then you know how I kind of envisioned it. So that's the, that's the plan. Uh, again, um, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. The intention's there, so we're gonna we're gonna publish it, and it's gonna be awesome. And you guys are gonna love it, and I'm so pumped. So. I'm super excited for it. It's so funny you said that because we literally read Jackson at least three to six stories a night. I mean, he's got more books than almost I do now. And it's so funny because when we're reading the books, it's, I mean, like you said, every children's book is also meant for an adult. And I never really thought about that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to read a kid's book and the, the book is for the kids. But literally the other night I was reading this book called Morfield. Morfield is angry. And I was trying to figure, it was a, a couple of new books that we got in this series. And as I was reading, I'm like, I was thinking Morfield was this character. But I, as I've read it like 10 times, I'm like, no, more feels my mind. That's the anger. Like the anger is showing up and they're teaching the kids to like, look at your anger as a separate thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is for adults. And I've, and now I'm starting oh, to read yeah. more. And I'm like, oh, this is, I mean, all of it is for everything, but it's, it's so funny how wow. some of it can kind of speak to you on a, on a kid level. Like, oh, okay. I'm not doing that. Or even being playful or something like that. It's so, it's so cool. Cause I mean, nobody knows this really that I'm actually going to write a children's book too. And it's, I mean, it's oh, not, no gonna, way. not gonna have any is swearing. It gonna be called the, is it gonna be called the kick ass kid? <laughs> I don't know if I can call it the kick ass kid, but I'm thinking yeah. of some sort of, I've got a superhero thing in mind because I want to make it a series. Yeah. I'm reading all these books and they're really good books. And I'm like, I could take what I know about life and translate it into a story because I love that. I want to get in that playful mode. Um, so yeah, it's definitely something that's on my radar. Um, Maybe I want to call the the character name something with Jackson and just kind of make it something about him and mm -hmm. you know his life. Maybe use adoption in it or just just a lot of things in my life and just kind of create that storyboard of how you can go through adversity or you know being picked on or being bullied. You know different different things. Because um, yeah, I mean that's that's really where it starts. And if we can help kids, you know whether they're super young kids or even teenage kids or whatever it might be, um, I mean that's the place to start helping people. I mean that's fantastic, yeah. dude. I can't wait to see it. I can't yeah. wait to read it huge influence um you know my favorite books are are, are I, the books that have had some of the most positive impact on my life have been children's books um seriously like my, my whole love of travel and, and exploring and adventure and all that started with where the wild things are uh, and the little prince you know th those are books that i read that just changed me at my core uh, i guess it made me realize who i was at my core um so awesome man write it and you're gonna you know kids need that kind of stuff oh man that's so funny mr goyette is here my other co-host all my co-hosts are here this is awesome lol i actually have planned to do a kid's book fuck scott really i swear to god this guy we have let's so go much on, let's go on book tour man we can we can go read that, books and, you know. dude that's a great idea a book tour. and pamela yeah, says she loves to read children's books so we'll bring pam along to read the books yeah. she could actually read the books to the kids Boom. We could we could stand there and look all badass like we're like the mafia dudes, and then she could be over there like, and little Johnny picked up the no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> we're gonna be a soup group. It's fine. It's funny. Oh, Jesus! I'm, I'm getting some orders on my books, man. I'm just got a bunch good. of emails right now. Killer, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Order the book. Um, it's That's so funny cool. because because there's uh, we're do you have to do you have to jump off anytime? We got an hour and ten minutes. We're already been going. Do you have something to do? I got nothing to do, man. I'm, a, I'm a good, man. It's eight. If, if my buddy's working at eight thirty at night, man, he's just take a break, bro. Like, so I'm, exactly. I'm good, man. I'm chill. Yeah. No, it's funny when when you when 
Pam said she loved reading children's books. There's one book and I'm, I can't remember the name of it. I guess it's super popular. I never heard of it before, but baby, basically it's this, this, this young kid who goes up to a tree and he's playing with the leaves in the tree. And it's a story about how the, the, the tree, giving tree. that one, that makes me yeah. fucking cry almost every time I read yeah. it. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, that's a book hey, for an adult. That's but take, take, take that wisdom. I mean, if, if you're not a big oh, reader, oh, honestly, yeah. and you want to change, and I say this, I, with the utmost respect for any, you know, I didn't have a damn book, right? If you want to find some of the best wisdom, life-changing wisdom, um, go 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 to your nearest bookstore and pick up some of the classic children's books, and you're gonna find, like, The Little Prince, uh, where the wild where the wild things are, The Giving Tree, even some of the Charles Silverstein stuff. You're gonna find wisdom in that. That if you step into that wisdom, you're gonna find big transformation so you know it's it's uh it's it's right there for you man oh right on pamela i'd love to read your book yeah she's got one written too it's i mean it's a book tour in the making she says yeah, some right of my on. best life memories are when i used to read my three to my son yeah yeah no that's awesome you go chris um <clears throat> that is that is so that is so awesome um what would be the best advice you would give to kids right now you know, going through COVID, they're going through isolation, whether they're young kids or teens or young adults, even, I guess for even adults right now, you know, so many people are going through, you know, that, that, that limiting experience and that a fear experience, you know, we've been talking about adventure. We've been talking about, you know, going out and taking risks and living your authentic self. What type of advice would you give, you know, anybody right now, actually? Yeah. Don't forget. This is kids or adults. Don't forget to play. It's where you can discover yourself again, or as a kid, discover yourself uh don't forget to play to have fun it's it's you know we think of I, I think in this um culture we tend to think of recreation as a waste of time i'm not being productive but in fact recreation play is literally about recreation that's when you have the time to uncover who you are and discover yourself and what makes you tick and what you love and what you're passionate about so so play we live in a culture who uh Thinks taking time off and and and, ha and 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 having fun is is a waste of time. And that's just not the case. And I'm I'm I don't like that paradigm. And I I encourage people to to challenge that. Um, right. Play. Just have fun. Pursue an interest. Pursue a passion. Um, enjoy yourself a little bit. Enjoy yourself a little bit. Enjoy, enjoy yourself a lot, lot. man. Yeah, come on. See, see, I, see, this is what I say. I say this to people, and, I, and you, know, you know, okay, just a little bit. Like, just take do one thing, you know. So, uh, or jump into the river a lot and have a damn good time. You only go around this river once. So, well, um, <clears throat> one of the things that one of the things I've been doing during this time, and I wanted to share this with you, Travis, is I've been doing a lot of complimentary coaching calls. And, and just, just helping people out during this time, just connecting with people on my Facebook and everything. And one of the patterns that I've noticed in talking to people and just having fun with it on my side and, and just exploring the conversation in an hour is that I'm finding that people are punishing themselves and they're punishing themselves for stuff that may have happened when they were kids. They're punishing themselves for thoughts and beliefs that other people had put into them. How do you, how do you help people in your coaching practice to help them not punish themselves and to actually love themselves more than they actually love others? Cause I'm finding that this, this, this pattern of like, and I say, you know, how much do you love yourself on a scale of one to 10? And then there's this pregnant pause and then they have to, 
you know, well, maybe a six or a seven, there's like all these. And then I talked to them about, you know, how they talk to themselves and how they treat themselves. You know, it's crazy how many people are going through life, punishing themselves. They got this negative self-talk going on in their brains. They want to break out of it, but they're stuck in the cycle of that whole thing. That's, that's amounted in their total totality of their life. Right, what do you say right. to people that are in that mindset? Would you talk to your friends the way that you talk to yourself? Yep. So if, if you wouldn't do that, then why would you do that to yourself, right? So change the way you speak your world, quite literally to yourself, and you will change your world. So okay? how, how important is that with some of the words, like some of the words that are very key? What are key words for you that, that you tell your coaching clients, hey, change that and use this? Like for me, I use the power of perhaps. It's like, can you mm -hmm. say perhaps you would be good? I'm a terrible dancer. Well, perhaps I would be good if I got a coach. Perhaps I would be good if I started mm -hmm. studying. Yeah. Saying, what would it take for, for playing to play your bills? So change the way you see your world. Change the way you see your world informs how you speak your world. And if you change the way you speak your world, your entire world's going to change. So change the way you see your world. So so instead of I'm a terrible dancer, right? You got to change your questions, right? What if I were good? How could I be good, right? How can I learn? Start asking yourself questions like that, and. Um, like you wouldn't do that with a friend, like right? Your friend says, yeah, I'm, a, "I'm a terrible dancer." You would think, "Yeah, you're pretty crap," right? <laughs> You'd say, "Oh no, you you, you can learn. Right? Some classes, you know." You, you start getting inspired. So it's the same thing with ourselves, and and we're all guilty of this, right? We're we're our own worst critics, right? Um, so it's just kind of changing, changing what we say to ourselves and watching it. I think we're not You know, our our, our 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 typical first reaction is to be negative but that's almost natural this moral condition to be negative to ourselves we're try this we're not you watching this you're not responsible for your first thought but you are responsible for your second thought and your first action okay so that space i'll say it again you're not responsible for your first thought but you are responsible for your second thought and your first action Okay, that first thought, it's almost a reaction. It just kind of comes to your head, right? That second thought, between that first thought and your second thought lies all the power to change your world. So how do we do that? We approach it with a, maybe the spirit of equanimity and slow down and challenge that first thought and reframe it into a more powerful thought and step into that. So that's a, that's a, that's a simple practice that is kind of... Um, affect my own life and something I encourage the clients that it helps you I, honestly it helps you be more mindful of, of your world as well and I I, I'll, I'll, I get this to every single client I have this is a practice that I have that we build on week by week um, and it's a simple one and what I often find from one week to the very next week is my clients um, or not just my clients people that know that I teach this they'll say come to me and say ah, you know you start I'm, I'm realizing that I'm actually not my thoughts and I have the power to kind of reframe those. And those those thoughts have been living in alignment with those thoughts, uh, but those aren't necessarily mine. And um, and it doesn't take long. And just just slow down and challenge the thoughts that are coming to your head right now. How do I know that's true? Is that true? Right? And how, what if it's not true? Start playing with that and seeing what happens. It's really interesting, man, because you start to realize like all these thoughts come to your head that are so negative and disparaging towards yourself and uh when you challenge it you realize how silly it kind of is it's really interesting man. this is why meditation is so powerful too 
is, is you start to realize you're not your thoughts. They just these things kind of spark up in your head like this weird kind of like you know these fireworks. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. You got to you got to look at them from an observer standpoint. That's something Scott and I talk a lot about is looking at from yeah. the observer standpoint and realizing that you're not that. But something you just said that's very yeah. interesting, Travis, is, is truth. This is something that I just did. I just did a, a solo podcast on it. I think last week or the week before. It's like how do how do you face the truth? And the thing that I've learned, Travis, and I want your thoughts on this, is that sometimes we have this this idea of the truth in our head. Like if I sit there and say, okay, the true story of my life was that I was homeless and I went through all these different things, but there's aspects of that that my truth is probably not the real real reality of what happened. It's my perspective of how I took it at that point. So now right, I say, totally, oh, yeah. Truth. That's my truth, but really it isn't the truth. Right. So we sell ourselves yeah. short by lying to ourselves based on our perception of what the truth really is. What is your perception of that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, the, what's the most common, like, you know, as most common limiting belief is I'm not good enough. And this is my favorite challenge because is it true you're not good enough? Okay, let's go back. When was the first time you heard that? The earliest time that you can remember. And you know, oh, my dad said, you know, I'm not good enough when I was making a cake or, I don't know, whatever, you know, something really small like that, it's stuck in there. And what we do is we hear, I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough person. What the reality of the situation might've been is your dad was frustrated. That's not even necessarily mean, or maybe he said, oh, you're not, you haven't learned how to make a cake yet, right? Something simple, but what we do is, is that that becomes a little seed and it doesn't mean much to us at first. But we, that informs a next decision. I'm not good enough. We hear I'm not good enough. And that informs, oh, I'm not good enough to be on the, the baseball team. Oh, okay, I'm not good enough to pass this test. And that becomes our reality if I'm not good enough. So if we challenge that and we look at it from an observer standpoint, right? Not, not an emotional standpoint, we detach ourselves from it and look at it as if we were a movie. What, did it, what really was meant in that situation? And how did that little small uh, seed turn into something that informed your whole life? That's not your reality objectively that's just how you perceive it and how it's informed your decision making and in and, and your life moving forward but it doesn't have to so it's really interesting how it works and uh you know i think we all that's the most common one i hear and it doesn't you know it doesn't mean you're not good enough it just means that's how you you didn't pass a test you didn't get picked for the kickball team you're making a cake and it wasn't you know you weren't doing good enough and and uh that's just you know again we're our own worst critics so we hear that and we go oh shit, i'm not good enough i'm terrible you know and that sadness man but uh try 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 that what's your biggest limiting belief what's the first time you remember hearing that and objectively objectively what could have been the reality of that situation not your perceived reality right but the actual reality think of it logic this is logical right i'm a logical guy right, right. so look at it from a, a logical not a pseudoscientific point of view not trying to find confirmation bias or evidence for the limiting belief. really objectively what could have been the reality there right and you're, you're going to laugh. I, I, I literally I have clients like this, you know, um, we talk and it just, you come down to this point where you're laughing, you go, Oh my God, my, my life, many of my decisions are informed by this belief of this. And it's not even true. It's bull crap. Right. But you, you, you accept it without challenging it. And that's the, that's dangerous. So challenge right. it. Huh? Mm, that's what I do. As I, as I ask, ask people, how could you change your perspective about that situation so that you can feel that it happened for you and not to you? Mm -hmm. So many people think it happened right. to me. 
Oh, that's what happened to me. That's what happened to me. And I'm like, how can you just shift your perspective just one degree and say it happened for you? And now at this moment in your life, you are at this place to, to change that perspective that it happened for you and use that as leverage or fuel as fire to change your viewpoint to be like, okay, I'm going to take this experience and go use this for the greater right. good of my success, right? Right. M moments can either define us or we can define those moments. And if we choose to define those moments and rise from those moments and, and it's, it's like, what if this happened to you? Some, another good question I might ask is what, what, what if this happened to you as a lesson in disguise, just making to teach you something? Again, I'm always as a coach, I'm just sitting there hypothetical world going, I mean, yeah. what if? I mean, let's <laughs> play with it. What if it happened to you for a reason? Right. What would be that reason? Uh, that doesn't, you know, didn't. Bullshit, pissed off, I'm angry. Okay, I, I get you're angry and I understand. Cause I, I do understand, we gotta we can get angry about shit, right? Uh, sometimes stuff sucks, but what if? What would be the reason? What would be the lesson? What if this is a great adventure in disguise begging to just call you on this epic adventure? What would it be? Well, I guess if it was, oh shit, it would be this. Oh my God, this, right? That's insight. All because you asked, you changed your questions or I did it, you know, I asked you questions and that's that's it that's you know i didn't tell you what the reason was i just asked you all right if i if i put you in front of a lamppost this is a lamppost metaphor if i put you in front of a lamppost and i said all right you're gonna sit here and talk to this lamppost for the next hour right but you're not allowed to complain all you're gonna do is talk about your dreams and your goals and you're gonna talk about who you want to be and all these things and i'm gonna come back and talk to you in an hour i guarantee i'd come back and you'd come up with you'd have like five different insights life-changing insights right Really interesting, man. So, the lamp, lamp, the lamppost doesn't talk back. All you're doing is just talking, right? But we don't have that space often to be able to uh, be heard, right? Because everybody's kind of waiting for the next chance to talk. Some of my best coaching sessions are when I just don't say very little, by the way, right? And I just, mm -hmm. I do this, yeah, and awkward. This uncomfortable silence, right? Okay. I'm good with it. And then what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know because we're coaches, and because what, what do we know? Through, through the silence comes the insight, mm -hmm. right? That silence is is where the real self kind of comes through. It's not intellectual mumbo jumbo, right? It's just insight. So if I sit there and get uncomfortable with you, and I have courage to not talk to you, you start to go. All right, so I'll do this. Well, if that was the lesson in guys, what would it be? Nothing. It wouldn't be anything. And I go, and they go, well, I mean, if, if it was, it, it, it'd be this maybe. And I go, hmm, not good enough for me, right? And I go, hmm. And they go, maybe it's this. Holy shit, is that right? And I haven't said anything for two minutes. It's right. interesting. What happened, you start talking to yourself, maybe, man. Start talking to yourself in the shower and see what kind of insights you come up with. Right? Oh, dude, I talk to or, myself. Or, or change everywhere. your questions. I talk right. to myself yeah. everywhere. But one of my favorite yeah. things when somebody's doing that is like, how's that working for you? Mm. Uh, then they, then they, then they start, Oh, then you start. That's like a little Pandora's box cling. How's that working for you? Well, I've been doing that. How's that working for you? Uh, are you happy? Yes or no. I love answering people and like having them answer right away. They don't get to think about it. They don't even get the five, four, three, two, one. It's like, are you happy? Yes or no. Mm. They can't even, they're like, if you can't say yes. Okay. We got some work to do. How's that working for wow. you? What, what kind of modifications do we need to make in your mindset? What, what things are you focusing on the most? It's so crazy. I mean, um, 
I mean, dude, we could sit there and we could talk for hours. I know. I mean, we knew this was going to happen. Serena's in the house. Serena Buffalino, this lady, dude, if you haven't connected with Serena, she's freaking amazing. <laughs> Serena says it always happens for a reason and you will relieve, you will relive that lesson until you learn to accept it. Bam. So true. So true. Look at Serena. Look at, she's all commenting. Serena's amazing. Coming to the truth, coming to truth with all the lessons, experiences, and journey you are meant to live in your lifetime. Serena, if you have, if, Travis, if you haven't seen my interview with Serena, go back and check it out. I mean, it's, she's a powerhouse. Biggest challenges become our awesome. greatest truth. Well, you got the damn truth right there, man. That's the truth. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the call to adventure. So it's the hero's journey, right? We always resist the call. It, the, the, the threshold is the hardest part, but what's at the end of the threshold? It's the treasure that we've been seeking. Hero's journey, Joseph Campbell. Right. And this isn't just a, he's a mythologist and this is a common theme and not hero's myth. Journey. And not hero's journey. Yeah. And this is, so this isn't just about storytelling and myth and, and all this stuff. It's a, it's a spiritual journey and, and, and emotional and it's a life journey. It's our own life journey. It's our biggest challenges at the other end of that is, is our, our deepest and most profound growth. Silence. What's that? What's the, and I say this every, and every, almost every, podcast i'm on the, the cave that you, joseph campbell said this the cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek so he didn't say the cave that the, the cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek yes right it's not the it's cave the man. cave that looks it's not the cave that looks a little scary it's not the cave with the beautiful flowers in front of it it's the cave you fear to enter fear holds the treasure that you seek so what's your cave and how can you make it a little less uh, scary by stepping into it? Wow. Dude, brother, thank you so much. An hour and a half. I mean, we can sit here and keep oh. on going. Out of respect for your time, respect for everybody's time here. I'm going to ask you one last question, then I'm going to take us out. <clears throat> so you have a microphone to the entire world right now with everything that's going on, social injustice, everything that's going on. You have a microphone to the world. What do you say? I'd besides start what here. Said, besides what you said already, encapsulate that. But what would you say to the world? Yeah. Um, I want to keep it simple because, uh, you know, I think the best uh, wisdom comes from simple action in our insights. Let's start here. Again, there's a lot going on. Let's just start simple. Follow your bliss. Follow your bliss. That's it. Follow your bliss. Travis Barton, where can people get a hold of you? Facebook right here. Go send me a friend request and have a conversation. Say hi. Uh, I'm on Instagram. If you want to follow me there, a lot going on over there. And um, yeah. Yeah, it's right there. My website Dude. is travisbartonlife.com. That's another, another, another one. And all that information is in the show notes. So if you guys have missed that, just go back to the Facebook promo for this um, to order. Travis's book is on there and to connect with Travis is there. Travis brother. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for awesome. being who you are, being the, the inspirational soul brother that you are in this world, um, sharing this opportunity with me today and look forward to so many more conversations. Can't wait to see your children's book when it comes out um, and having more of these great conversations uh, with myself, with, with uh, Scott. We had a blast when we did the Friday night live. Um, so we just appreciate yeah. it. We just love you. I'm going to put you backstage for a second. And I'm going to, um, take us out for a second. So hang on. Cool. Anything you want to say to anybody else? That's it, man. Follow your bliss, baby. Follow your bliss.
Follow your bliss. All right. Wow. I can't thank you guys enough for being here with me on the Ron and scripted show with Travis Barton um, over the last hour and a half. Holy shit. Um, you know, it's just been a magnificent conversation about life, about the journey of life, about experiencing life, about living life, about getting out of your own way, getting out of your own mindset of the lack and the scarcity and the fear and the what ifs and who am I going to piss off and who am I going to alienate? You know, you have to live your life. Don't exist in your life. Live your life. You know, take those risks, have those conversations, ask yourself those questions. We dropped a lot of major questions tonight that you could be asking yourself. Am I happy? Yes or no? No. Okay. What do I need to do to be happy? Do I know what makes me happy? If I don't know what makes me happy, perhaps I need a coach. Perhaps I need therapy. Perhaps I need to go read some books and do some exercises. You can go Google on anything and just go how to be happy. You know, you have to take that responsibility. Ask yourself questions like, how is this working for me so far? Ask yourself, what do I have planned for the next three, five, 10 years? If you guys don't have plans, like literally for the next three, six months, 12 months, you need to have plans. You need to invest in yourself with a coach, you know, whether it's Travis, myself, my group coaching program with Scott, whether you, you at least get an accountability partner, you know, find somebody who can tell you the truth, the real truth about what it is that you're experiencing and get together once a week and just say, Hey, what are you going to do in the next seven days? I'm going to do this. Okay. I'm going to hold you accountable. What are you going to do for the next seven days? I'm going to do this. Great. I'm going to hold you accountable. You meet in the next seven days. Did you do it? No. Why? Well, this, okay. What are you going to do to overcome that? Uh, I don't know. You have to ask each other hard questions and hold each other accountable because it's out of love. Don't, don't be afraid as a best friend to hurt somebody's feelings. I keep hearing that all the time. I did a post not too long ago. I said, if you have a best friend, you tell them the absolute 1000% truth. If they ask you a question and you know, it's going to hurt their feelings. Most people said, no, I mean, what kind of friend are you? If you're not going to be truthful, what kind of friend are you going to be? If you're not going to sit there and push people to be best, the best part of they can be, you know, that's what life is about. Don't get to the end of your deathbed, whether it's in 10 years or 20 years or 50 years, whatever it might be for you. Don't get back and look back and say, wow, you know, I'm really sad I wasn't who I was supposed to be. I'm really sad that I made all these sacrifices for everybody else and I didn't do anything for myself. I'm really sad and regretful the fact that I didn't love myself more than I loved all these other jokers who don't even matter anymore. You know, Travis and I said it tonight, we're here for like a nanosecond. I just read a post not too long ago, a couple of days ago, and it really kind of shook me. Like when you look at the span of life and the span of how long we're here, we're really here for a blip. And it's amazing how much shit we take seriously that is not gonna ever matter. When you're 70, 80, 90 years old, you're not going to look back and go, man, I really wish I would have impressed that person at work more. No, you're going to look back and go, fuck, I wish I would have went into Ireland. I wish I would have went here. I wish I would have taken chances. I wish I would have sold the shit I didn't care about. I wish I wasn't in relationships I didn't love people for, you know? This is about living your life. You know, I talk about being unstoppable. I talk about no excuses. You know, today we talked about authenticity and how important it is to be yourself. You know, if you're not being yourself, if you can't go to the mirror right now and say, I love who I am and I love where I'm going, then you have work to do. And that's okay. We all have work to do. I have work to do. Travis has work to do. We all have work to do. Nobody has it all figured out. It's a journey. It's a process. And you have to continue to grow. You have to be willing to grow. You have to be open to grow. And if you're not, then guess what? That's when you might wind up with regrets. So anyways, thank you so much guys for being here again. Don't forget, we got uh, Rainbows in Real Life with Pamela Aubrey and myself, Thursday nights, 5 p.m. You guys can always check it out here on my Facebook group page. We have a magnificent show. We have guests or we do solo shows. Again, it's all about positivity and what we can bring to the world to make the world a better place. I got Friday Night Lights, Friday Night, Friday Night Live with Scott. Um, again, having amazing guests, having panels, talking about serious life questions, things that are going on around the world, or what even is just going on with us. 
you know? So we've got all these different avenues for you to learn. Reach out to me, reach out to all of my guests, reach out to somebody if you're struggling, whoever resonates with you. So you make sure you can get some, some assistance to move forward with your goals. Um, I love you guys so much. I really do. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, it's no bullshit. Serena, I love you. Larry, Christy, all of you guys, Elaine, there's, there's a few people on here. I don't even know who you are. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much. Melissa says, this was amazing. Thank you for all. Thank you, Melissa. I appreciate you for being here. Um, Serena, thank you. I love you. You you're amazing. You know, it is, it's just, it's just, yeah. Follow your bliss. That's all. That's all I'm going to end it on. I'm going to thank you, Christy Jones. Thank you. Christy Jones is another amazing person. Connect with her. I'm, I'm so, so honored to have so many of you guys as my friends and people on this journey. I love you guys all. Just remember, stay kick-ass, stay unstoppable and uh, no excuses, baby. No excuses.